Welcome to the Customer First Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Harrington, and I'm the co-founder and chief customer officer at Team Support. This is the show where we bring you industry-leading insights about knowing, supporting, and growing your customers. From onboarding, support, and success, the way you treat your customers will determine the growth and success of your business. Today, I have Shared Patching on the podcast. Sherrod is the head of global technical account managers at GitLab Inc. And today we're going to talk about TAMs, what they are, why a company might choose to have TAMs instead of or in addition to CSMs, and how GitLab has approached their choices of TAMs. Sherrod, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me, Eric. Yeah, our custom, our uh, our customers. See, I've always got a customer mindset here. Our audience, and they may be some customers, <laughs> are going to really find this show to be a treat. Uh, this is a question that comes up a lot to to us and to me uh, personally from my my circles around should you use uh, TAMs or technical account managers and and how they mix and mingle with CSMs and support and this the, the whole I guess kind of cloud of customer success can get some ambiguity coming from there. And um, so I try to take these questions a lot, but I'm glad that I have a professional and an expert on the call today <laughs> to help me and to help um, our network of people understand this here. So before we get into all of the TAMs, uh, could you share with our audience how you ended up in the field of customer success? Yes. So I have been in customer success for, I think about 14 years now. I actually started out as a musician so I studied music in university and was on a path or so I believe to being famous, got to about 30 when by then, if you're not famous, it gets quite challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and so I pivoted, but you know, in the meantime, like m many musicians, I've been working um, kind of on the customer side of different businesses, leading teams and leading kind of customer facing teams, but outside of tech. Uh, and I, I happened to fall into leading a digital agency and I started to really fall in love with that kind of digital motion. It was an agency, but we had a technology that we had a, as a part of our offering. And from there, there, I really just fell in love with the scalability of tech. And there's a creativity too. I think there's a lot of people in tech who've come out of kind of creative backgrounds um, just because we love to build things. And so that's, that's how I landed where I was. It was a bit of a fluke. Um, but from there, I think I really found my sweet spot in kind of building things with teams that I enjoy working with and really ensuring that we are uh, making the customer successful, which I've done for, for many, many years. Well, that's interesting because now we're we we I'm experiencing a trend on the podcast now. So this in the in, in a prior podcast we we were talking to Jim Jim Kalbach uh, with Whiteboard, and he's a musician. And so um, this is funny. So what what kind of what kind of music did you play? What instruments did you play? Yes, so voice mainly. I sing. Uh, I do play piano, but singing was kind of my thing. Um, I did kind of the, the gig circuit in London. I, I lived for in England for about 16 years and grew up there. But we have threatened to have a uh, a band at, at Gainsight Pulse next year. So watch this space. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, it, it does make sense because when you're dealing with with customer success, customers in general, um, I think there's two there's two couple of things that you need. There's a lot, but this is my opinion: is you have to have creativity, you have to have curiosity. Um, along with empathy and all those other things and just being, you know, having the spirit of service and helping others. Um, so I think this is fascinating, actually, that I'm discovering a new niche here that um, that there, there may be a whole lot of um, musicians or musically talented, creative people that are in the customer success sphere. We might be onto something here, Sherrod. 
I'm with you. I think I think we are. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, we so we at Team Support we have a definition, um, but in your own words, how do you think that the customer success differs from customer support? This is something that comes up a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure that I'm going to repeat things that you say often, but it's, I mean, it truly is the reactive versus the proactive. So thinking about a customer of how do we actually partner with this customer and driving them forward? Uh, you know, we want to make sure that, of course, we answer questions when they have them, but really that we are thinking about what what is the, the this, this quarter's view and this, this year's view and onward together, that we are clear on what is going to drive value for the customer, that it's not just about enabling features, but it's about aligning on how is this platform as a vehicle going to get you closer to your, and achieving your business objectives? And then how do we help partner with you in getting there? So it's a very kind of foot forward type approach where I support uh, typically is when there's a question that we answer it and they do a great job of that. And oftentimes, uh, particularly at GitLab, support is very technical. They are sometimes the first protocol for even fixing bugs, updating documentation. So they're an incredible team, but a very different motion. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, there's very transactional in support. And with success, in, in, in my experience, the more long-form engagements that those people are able to have, the more healthier the customer relationship is. And it's just really challenging when I see businesses try to blend in and say, well, you're in customer success, but you're giving them support roles and tasks to do. And then you're, you'll, you'll soon be let down because those transactional things are there's there's enough of them where you don't have enough quiet time or space that a lot of your especially your key customers um, that need that that long form engagement attention of somebody that they're not going to get from somebody doing you know your reactionary support like you said right yes. yeah well so your career has brought you to a very prestigious organization you know i think um if you don't know who gitlab is you're hiding under a rock maybe but um <laughs> so could you uh could you give me a little background give us a little background on gitlab yes so we are a we are the devops platform we're really the, the leader in the space of the end-to-end -end devops experience and so we what we, what we facilitate is collaboration across multiple teams ensuring it's all kind of on one platform with one one set workflow so we have been we're actually this is a very exciting month for us we're celebrating our 10th um, anniversary so we started 10 years ago since Sabrandi is our ceo uh, and really started this out with uh, this vision of building a single platform for the kind of developers and product teams and the like to all collaborate together. And really the, the business objectives and the, the business value that we drive is helping developer teams deliver better software faster, kind of re reducing the risk and cost uh, and, and ensuring that kind of work is happening more efficiently across the platform. So we, uh, we get things to market more quickly in a better state. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, congratulations on 10 years. That's um, in some circles, they may say, like, you haven't made it until you've been, you know, slugging it out for 10 years. So congratulations on a huge milestone. Thank you. Yeah. So today, um, so we've covered the, the differences between support and success, um, how awesome GitLab is, and also that there is possibly a connection between creative musicians and the customer success industry. Um, <laughs> So let's focus in a little bit on the technical account managers or TAMs, as people say. So if you're big on acronyms or you despise acronyms, you may see or hear the, the, the TAM. So that is a technical account manager. Sherrod, would you share uh, what a technical account manager is and how does it differ from a CSM? So we kind of get the, you know, the 
chisel away at some of that ambiguity that's out there between these two. Sure. So I would actually say how we think about a technical account manager is synonymous with the technical CSM. Um, so there are a few different models out there and I won't spend too much time outlining them all, but um, the two primary models that I've seen around TAMs or technical account managers is one when they partner with a CSM. So they maybe sit with over a portfolio of business and come in and lead maybe architecture conversations or some of the more uh, deep technical conversations. Then the other is the one that we have where the TAM actually owns the customer lifecycle in addition to having those conversations. Uh, so it's, it's a bit of a unicorn profile, as you can imagine, but they are mm -hmm. responsible for the onboarding, the enablement, and the expansion into new use cases for the customer, whilst at the same time needing to be the trusted advisor on the platform. And as you can imagine, it's, it's a fairly technical platform and it's fairly deep. We mm -hmm. release uh, on a monthly basis, so there's a lot of new features coming out and, and a lot of changes. Um, so it's, uh, we, we have the TAM versus the CSM because it is someone who is willing to go deep on the technology itself and have some of those more technical conversations with our customers, although we draw the line at hands-on keyboard. So there's no, uh, we don't do kind of any services elements. Okay. And then what about, do TAMs get involved with money matters at all with the customers? No, indirectly, yes. So we are all focused on the same thing, which is net retention and gross retention. Mm -hmm. um, that, that matters very deeply to, to our, our team. Uh, but we don't have the commercial conversation. We keep them arm's length to ensure that they are enable, able to stay the trusted advisor. So we do work with, um, we call our sales team strategic account leaders. So we work with a, a, an account leader or a SAL, we call them on the account. And we kind of go in interchangeably. So the SAL will kind of lead a lot of the strategic commercial led conversations. Where are we going together? What does growth look like? And then they'll handle negotiations and renewals, upsells, that kind of thing as well. Okay. Um, and just another quick question on that, because this actually comes up, up a lot as well. So a lot of a, a lot of our customers, and I'm and I'm sure there's plenty out there that are trying to adopt the they're they're understanding now, especially after 2020, that um, all of the all the historical you know. Um, sayings about your customers are, are incredibly valuable. It, it costs, you know, X number, 10 times more to acquire new and then to keep one. And then of course in 2020, a lot of businesses lost customers and they learned that that actually was really true. You know, yes. you gotta, you gotta retain, it wasn't a joke. Um, so uh, when it comes to these two groups working together, this is a struggle that I hear a lot is you get your CSM in there and they're kind of like, I don't know, the genius bar type where they know everything about the customer, they're talking, it's all care and feeding. Um, are there any issues going on, making sure they're updated on roadmap and things and, and that sort. But when it comes to money matters and whether it's a technical account manager or even just an account manager, a SAL as you call them, um, do these folks actually join, are they on the same call together or, you know, cause there's some overlap that happens and there could be a discussion where some overlap happens. So do you guys ever have cases where you've got a couple of these um, identities on the phone with the customer at the same time. So there's some prep and who's going to talk about what do you, can you talk a little bit about that? We do. Yes. So the sales will oftentimes join, join calls with the customers, uh, not always, but oftentimes. Uh, and, and then, yes. So we have, we try and do as much kind of asynchronously as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. So we have a Slack channel for our customers. We have an internal notes doc for our customers. So we try and, and prep and ensure, we ensure that we always have an agenda for a call. And from that, that there's some kind of back and forth between the SAL and the TAM around who's owning what pieces. 
but you know, I think the key thing for us is that it's part of just our, our standard flow, that it's very lightweight in how we think about these things. So it's not creating unnecessary overhead. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about hiring TAMs. And so there's a couple of aspects to this question here. So one is what you've already, you've already given some insight onto what, how TAMs are helping GitLab and um, why you chose, why you chose that route based on the customers that you have. Let's talk about a business that is, that's not doing this right now. And they're, they're considering doing it. What is your ideal profile for somebody um, in this type of a role? What kind of skills and strengths do you look for? So there needs to be a level of technical curiosity or technical aptitude for sure. So, I mean, not necessarily from a coding background, although some of ours do. Some of ours come from backgrounds across the GitLab actually, who um, one of our uh, TAMs actually was a part of the recruiting team. And she's mm. a longstanding TAM, one of our most senior, she's excellent. So it's certainly not verbatim, you know, that it has to look like this. Yeah. But there, there's a level of just curiosity and a willingness to get in there and understand the platform that is absolutely required. And I think you can weed a lot of that out through kind of exploratory questions and maybe some case type questions in the interview process. But I think the key thing for CAMs that are really successful is the ability to have the macro and the micro. So how can I have a strategic conversation and zoom up out of the weeds, but yet also be down in the weeds and be able to engage there as well. And I think that's the, that's kind of the sweet spot of what we're looking for when we're, when we're bringing TAMs on board. Yeah. I would imagine too, that a lot of businesses may have TAMs in their organization that they just don't know yet until they start defining what that role is because um, it seems to me like once people the people who know the the customer and they know the product and if they just have those technical if they have enough technical chops um, they can either be mentored into that role or they, there's a path to come up on the bench if you will to to roll into that um, do you have Certainly. you experienced a lot of that in your in your professional career Yes, yes. Um, and certainly we do see t uh, people moving across from other teams uh, at GitLab as well. I, I know we've had some move across from well, the recruiting that I mentioned from mm -hmm. support, from support where they've decided that they want to maybe go towards a proactive motion for a change. So we've seen a, a couple of, of TAMs have great success coming that route. Uh, we've also had some actually coming out of things like SDRs. So people who are having fairly kind of first pass technical conversations with customers, mm -hmm. you know, but able to own that value messaging and are looking for a path alternative to kind of going up through sales. So we've seen some really interesting different paths that have led towards this kind of technical CSM role. Now in the, in, in your case, do TAMs ever uh, get, get tapped on the shoulder to join like a, 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 any kind of sales demonstrations or do you have um, SE sales engineers that, that take that on? Do you repurpose TAMs in any of that uh, activity? We do not. And we do have, we call them sales arc, um, solution architects, um, but, so SAs, but yes, we do have those. They will come um, back into a customer account post-sale as well to lead kind of the, the more sales-focused demos. So if it's demoing for the purposes of upsell versus kind of demoing for enablement, then they will own that because it's a slightly different motion in how you think about positioning the platform and what you're driving towards. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so what kind of impact on a customer's longevity could a great success team have? And not just, and think of when I'm asking this question, it's including, maybe you can answer it in a couple of ways, but it, to focus in on the, the CSM and then and the TAMs and how they, how they complement one another 
and the longevity of a customer. Help me better understand the question. So kind of how they partner together. Yeah. What's the impact? Like what the, the work that they're doing, the focus that they're having the, and not only that, but from the business, uh, the finance people that, that are listening to this show, you know, the investment that's going to be made, because that's always something that comes up too, is that, you know, is, is this a, is this a worthy investment to have CSMs and TAMs? Um, and what would be the impact they would have on the customer longevity is a good way to put it. So that partnered with, you know, how these two teams work together um, and what the impact to the, to the customer would be as far as retention goes. Why would we do this? Yeah. So we have only TAMs. We don't have CSM. So I, maybe I can speak to more to the, what, what the TAMs do, if that's okay. Sure. Um, but I mean, we are able to draw direct correlation from between the TAM attribution on an account uh, and net retention and gross retention. Um, so it's, it's not always that you get to do split testing, but we have had a cohort of customers that have not had a TAM for various reasons, enough mm-hmm. that we were able to do some analysis and actually begin to point to that. So, you know, that, that, that you know, that um, taking a customer towards their business outcomes makes it much more sticky. You know, I think we know that intrinsically. I think we know that if you can articulate what a customer is looking to solve for with your platform and then help them get there and achieve those things, and they have returned, uh, received return on investment. And then if you can drive them towards more than they were even planning and they get exponentially beyond what they are intending, um, then if a customer is happy, they're typically going to stay with you as a customer, particularly if that happiness equates to business value. So that's the goal. You know, that's what we're get, getting towards and that's how we know. But in kind of a quantifiable way internally, then um, net retention and gross retention is key. And you would expect to see as a result of putting TAMs onto accounts or technical CSMs, an improvement in these metrics versus uh, those that have not had those people assigned. And that's true at GitLab. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, and you're right. Um, I agree with everything you just said. Do you look at TAMs as like, do they get a book of business? So they've got X, do you have X number of customers per TAM and then figuring out how many, how many customers a TAM can support? Yes, we do it based on ARR. Okay. So, um, so some TAMs may have a handful of customers and some TAMs may have more than that, um, depending on kind of the profile and the, the size of investment of their customers. But, so we do it. One of the things when I did it based on logos in the past, what mm-hmm. we found is that it almost inadvertently penalizes a TAM or a CSM for growing an account because now they just have more work. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so you've got 10 customers and those customers double in size. But if you're doing it based on logos, you keep the same 10, same 10 customers, but now your workload is doubled. Um, so when you do it based on ARR, it gives you room to be able to say, actually, you know, fantastic work in growing these accounts. We definitely want to de- dedicate more time to these now much larger accounts. So we may need to do a reshuffle and move things around to con- ensure that, that we don't just completely drown the town. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good thing you brought up there because this may and this may be a topic that I've got for the future. But there is a a growing bit of um, some burnout in some businesses with with CSMs. I've heard where just what you described has happened, and um, and then the business doesn't do that reshuffling. So maybe there's a topic there to talk about looking at your um, your TAMs CSMs the uh their book of business and um when's the right time to consider reshuffling that's a really good uh really good thought great well the last um the last question i have and this kind of ties into the name of the podcast it's the customer first podcast so um, (laughs) this is kind of open-ended for you um totally opinionated here but what would be the one thing that you think 
every business should be doing to ensure that they're operating with a customer first mentality? I would suggest it's know how your platform drives value for the customer and then all from across the teams, whether it's from product focus, the customer teams, the support teams, ensure that we are together driving emotion that gets customers closer to that business value, that we can articulate what it is and that we are tracking how customers are progressing, understanding where customers are getting stuck and solving that for your customers holistically. Yeah, excellent answer. I love it. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, Sherrod. This was a fascinating uh, podcast. Uh, your answers were incredible. Congratulations again on 10 years at GitLab and, and all of your success. And um, you know, let us know if there is a, uh, if there's a revival going on with the, with the band that you threatened to, to possibly get together. <laughs> I'll keep you I think, updated. <laughs> I, think, I think we need some sort of a community of um, musicians and customer success. There's probably be like a huge... Um, a huge following there potentially. So that's something to check out. We do. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Thanks for being here and we'll, we'll stay in touch.